Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4018 of the Bugle official podcast of record for the human race. Still the world's leading species in terms of achievement levels, if not necessarily standards of behaviour anymore. I'm Andy Zaltzman, live in London, and joining me once again, the globe-trotting force that is Nish Kumar. Hello, Nish. Nice to see you, Andy. I'm back. Back in the United Kingdom. You say that every time you're on this show. <laughs> Your passport has taken an absolute hammering right now. Not well, just my passport, but my chances of ever actually being able to go to America <laughs> have absolutely taken right. a pasting on a level of George Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle. <laughs> right. It is a real. Yeah, I've 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 uh, I've been in the Philippines yep. uh, for a bit, and then I was in uh, I was in China. Um, with the uh, the kung fu monks at the uh, the Shaolin Temple, right? It was uh, it was pretty great. Yeah. Here's what I've learned, Andy. Yeah. You don't mess with a monk. <laughs> you don't mess with a monk. You don't f- around with a friar <laughs> in China. Those dudes yep. are serious, absolutely right. serious. Did you learn some some sweet kung fu moves? Uh, I uh, participated in the stretching, right. at which point I believe the technical phrase is retired hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the warm-up was so intensive that I had to be excused, and uh, I uh, ended up taking a, an hour-long meditation class, <laughs> which it turns out, equally bad at. Right. Like I was as bad at the physical as, uh, as I was at the mental side of things. Right. It's really hard to meditate. Right. It's really hard, because as soon as you sit there, you're like, am I meditating yet? Is this meditating? Am I meditating? Am I meditating? At which point you have failed at meditation. Right. <laughs> I've never, I've never consciously tried to meditate. But I mean, is it not just basically the same as watching a county championship cricket match? <laughs> Andy, the Buddha found enlightenment by sitting under the banyan tree and contemplating the nature of human existence. Right. You found enlightenment at Glamorgan versus Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> There are many paths to the same destiny. The Tau, according to Zoltzman. <laughs> this is The Bugle for the week beginning uh, Monday the 27th of February. Uh, on this day, in the year 425, the University of Constantinople was founded by Emperor Theodosius II, bloody elitists, at the urging of his wife, Elia Eudocia, bloody feminists. Let the Constantinopolitans live their own lives, Theodosius, you jumped up half-wit micro Caesar. Don't impose your intellectual snobbery on them just because your missus has got you under the thumb. Sorry, I know we shouldn't impose our modern advanced values on the attitudes of the past. It was a different world, world then. Also, uh, we're recording, in fact, on Thursday, the 23rd of February. Um, on this day in 1903, Cuba leased Guantanamo Bay to the USA in perpetuity for use as a coaling and naval station. Um, I mean, it's slightly diverged from that original Look, Andy, it's a buy-to-let market. (laughs) Well, we're not really talking about the Philippines. How how was... uh, how was I mean? Did you did you like go on some gangland slangs with the president? Or yeah, yeah, I went on a couple of gangland slangs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, when you're in the Philippines, you want to take in the uh, spectacular surroundings, uh, the delicious food, and participate in the summary execution of a couple of drug lords. <laughs> That's in the Lonely Planet Guide. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? What would you have done in the Philippines, Andy? Not assassinated a known drug dealer. And when I say known, I mean an entirely unknown. But it doesn't really matter because he's the president. Anyway, so who's going to stop him? Well, exactly. When in Rome. Um, 
I eat pizzas in Rome. You slay drug lords in the Philippines. <laughs> um, as always, a section of the Bugle is going straight in the bing. This week, a tech business section, including the latest company valuations. We look at Fridge Tech, the startup uh, app developer, which creates uh, an app that helps people find jars... Uh, or sources and other condiments in their fridge. Uh, some of their apps include Resourceful, uh, Heyo, Where's My Mayo, and Ketchup Catcher. Um, fridge Tech, the Bay Area sophomore, made a loss of $950 million in its debut year, meaning that it is now valued on the markets at $560 billion. That looks like a sound investment there for any buglers who like to back a surefire winner. And uh, we look at Vendetta Corp as well. Their uh, Spook My Nan technology can take, take control of someone else's smart-enabled home and basically act like an online poltergeist. Um, originally, of course, designed for people who wanted to uh, put the willies up elderly relatives to convince them it was time to move into a home so they could sell their house. Now rolled out to cover uh, cover other social groups and building types, including ex-partners and business associates, as well as schools and hospitals. Uh, Vendetta Corp's turnover last year was in excess of $2.5,000, giving it a current market capitalization of $1.2 trillion. And uh, <laughs> also, also we look at, uh, in other tech news, Elon Musk rival Pilau Snork's latest, um, trying to compete with a driverless car. Uh, uh, he's he's uh, about to roll out, quite literally, the riderless motorbike. That could be a very exciting development uh, in travel. And also a special jobs in the tech business section, uh, including, um, well, a job that's just recently come up, a new tech editor for Breitbart's vacancy just came up uh, this week. Qualifications, uh, according to the uh, advert that I, I may have made up, um, could you look a starving child from a famine zone in the face, eat two half-pound cheeseburgers and a kilogram tub of ice cream, whilst eyeballing that child with the cold, dead indifference of a true believer and then say to it, you, mate, are a hungry little <laughs> then you could be just the kind of person <laughs> Breitbart are looking for salary enough to be worth flaunting, plus bonuses including the adoration of thousands and the visceral loathing of millions. So do apply if you think you fit that bill. That section, in the bin. Top story this week. I hate you so much right now! <laughs> ah! <laughs> well, thanks, that was one way to get that out of your system. You didn't have to look me right in the eye when you were saying that, by the way. <laughs> So it looks like a hate crime. You've never, you've never missed the Skype connection with John Oliver more than that moment, have you? <laughs> uh, Andy, Amnesty International has released a report. Right. Now, when Let's Amnesty International releases a report, it is almost never a good thing. <laughs> An organisation that exists solely to monitor human rights and their abuses across the world, whenever they come out with anything, it's normally not pleasant. So, they've released a uh, report this week. Uh, so, uh, is it uh, in a multiple choice answer? Okay. Is right. the report this week about ketchup versus mustard? Oh, right. Is it if Sticky Fingers is the Rolling Stones' best album? Ooh. Is it whether La La Land is a good film or not? All right. Or is it everything is terrible? I'll give you a second to think about that. Right. Well, possibly, I'd go, I mean, they've probably got to have an opinion on B. Um, 
Yes, I mean, Sticky Fingers got a strong claim. <laughs> Andy, I mean, you you're looking at something pre-75, certainly. But anyway, look. You should uh, not have taken this long, Andy. <laughs> the answers to all of those questions are clearly ketchup, yes, sort of, and oh my God, everything is awful. <laughs> yeah, Amnesty International have uh, published a report this week uh, criticising... When are they going to do a report about all the people who are rightly in jail? That's what I want to know. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> when, when are Amnesty International going to congratulate us for finally bringing Bernie Madoff to justice? Where is that when, report, Amnesty? When I got a speeding ticket for going uh, 45 miles an hour in a 40 limit at 2am on the M4 coming back into London after a late night gig, where was Amnesty International's letter <laughs> saying, you deserve that, mate? You deserve it respect the law <laughs> yeah I know your your human rights have been fra- flagrantly abused they they're too busy with all this political prisoners bullshit <laughs> but where is their protection for British stand up comedians <laughs> who frequently have to take late night drives I know shocking it's absolutely shocking well uh, anyway the uh, report has uh, said that politicians who are wielding a toxic dehumanising us versus them rhetoric are creating a more divided and dangerous world. Yeah, but they're also getting a lot of W's in the results column as well. <laughs> just, um, yeah, it's isn't hard, democracy fun at the moment? It's hard to say uh, whether this is a criticism or not, because if in us versus them, I mean, them has definitely scored <laughs> a severe victory in the last 12 months, <laughs> where us is sane people and them is the crazies. Yeah, I think, I mean, us definitely, I mean, tactically... Far too attacking, you know, going with the old two three five formation. <laughs> uh, really didn't shore things up at the back. Um, Amnesty International, or as they are known by some on the right-hand edges of the political cesspit, snowflakes for Stalin International. <laughs> Come on, these losers end up, ended up in jail. They lost. Get over it, Amnesty. Uh, they also claim that 36 countries broke international law and forced refugees back into conflict zones or places where their rights were at risk. That's... Uh, that's quite a lot of countries to be <laughs> kind of batting, playing the Federer backhand on refugees. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, Britain is one of those countries. Right, one of the 36 we... who put the <laughs> into country, <laughs> according to the official words of the report. <laughs> I think they might not have used those precise words. <laughs> it, I think Amnesty International would get a lot more kudos and have a sort of wider proliferation if every so often they just went, you know what? These people are being total <laughs> Total <laughs> And instead of yeah. the, the sort of the um, barbed wire around the candle logo, if it was just a, a man just flicking his middle finger <laughs> at a picture of Donald Trump. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that could be the future. Everyone needs a rebranding every now and again, don't they? Yeah, that's right. And the artist formerly known as Amnesty International, <laughs> who are currently known as Go F*** Yourselves, <laughs> would, uh, would get a lot more. Uh, so they've criticised a bunch of world leaders. Um, the four that they've singled out are Trump, Orban, Erdogan and Duterte. Can you single out four things, Nish? Oh, yeah, that's Is that not... <laughs> quadrupling out? The four leaders that they've quoted out... <laughs> The four leaders that they've quoted out. And uh, when you read them as a four, you do start to think, well, I mean, they've remade the Fantastic Four a couple of times. Maybe it's time for another reboot. <laughs> Only this time, instead of superheroes trying to save the world, it's four lunatics trying to build gold statues of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, uh, Nish, there's some uh, pretty appalling uh, appalling characters in that list. I mean, if you can tell me a worse leader in the world uh, right now than the Turkish guy, uh, I'd be surprised. I certainly haven't heard of one. He's a oh god! He's a re- recipe this, for disaster. I, I would like to put a message out to Amnesty International now <laughs> to free me from for, having to listen to you this. You thank them for only putting four on the list, frankly. Um, and as for that clown in the Philippines, I mean, he's obsessed by his manhood and his inflated sense of self, and he's corrupt. So, in summary, driven by his rod or ego, too dirty. Um, <laughs> you know um, what? <clears throat> I I support that one. Don't. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Come on, Chris. That took don't. a lot of work. I'd, uh, I'd also I'd hold a competition. To see who loves the uh, Hungarian leader uh, the, the best just to kind of flush it out and then stop the winner from competing again either temporarily or permanently oh! yes, I'm talking about a suspension for the victor or ban him or ban him completely that joke Remember. is a violation of my human rights <laughs> well, take, and, well that, that makes it a meta joke in the context of an amnesty piece <laughs> um, <laughs> right Actually, I think I've done enough Trump, Trump puns over the last cryptic <laughs> crossword that we're still recovering from. <laughs> Sorry, let's get I back say, to the show, Nish. I say we're still recovering from, Andy. I'm still very much in recovery from that one. <laughs> but it was a bit of a slapdown for the UN uh, over Aleppo in particular after the International Political Dating Agency uh, sprang into action like a coiled yoghurt, uh, stood up for the afflicted like a four-day-old portion of half-eaten battered haddock and fought their corner <laughs> like a Battenberg cake fights a grizzly bear um, it's a pretty depressing read this report Nish <laughs> yeah. um, and they could do with lightning lightning things up what's also worse is that they've sort of broken down all of the countries uh, and kind of given a little ex- explanation of their vi- human rights violations by country and it just is a quite a relentless read um, the, you know all, obviously all the aforementioned countries are in there the Philippines uh, the US uh, even the United Kingdom has made an appearance at uh, this time uh, normally we just used to call our human rights abuses spreading the empire so <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a change let it go us. Nish <laughs> you're doing alright aren't you let it go <laughs> never Andy never <laughs> Cricket is not enough of a compensation. I keep telling what? you this. How can you say that? <laughs> but, and uh, it's not really been uh, hugely in the headlines of late. But uh, luckily, Saudi Arabia, all right, the Roger Federer of appearing on lists of countries <laughs> violating human rights. Uh, yeah, when it's wanting to get on it, but just stay on to it so consistently. Stay on it. <laughs> Got to admire the consistency. <laughs> It's absolutely incredible. Um, And uh, under Saudi Arabia's criticism, it says, Critics, human rights defenders and minority rights activists have been detained and jailed on vaguely worded charges such as insulting the state. And all I can say is, Andy, thank God we do not bugle from Saudi Arabia. (laughs) If the British government ever brings in that sort of regulations, you and I are going to be in jail faster than you can say, go f*** yourself, (laughs) Theresa May. (laughs) Um, you know, Britain did get a bit of a slapping as well. Um, uh, the uh, Brexit referendum was, quotes, a particular low point. Um, and the report uh, pointed to a 57% spike in reported hate crime the week uh, week after after the vote. That's a democracy. That's what we wanted as a nation. <laughs> People have spoken. We wanted a, a spike in hate crime. Um Britain was also criticised for uh, introducing, quotes, one of the broadest regimes for mass surveillance of any country in the world. Um, well, it's just the government keeping a friendly eye on us, isn't it? Well, maybe they're just recording one long podcast. Well, this is possible. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, my life does feel like that quite often. <laughs> Do you work for the government, Chris? Yes. Oh, right. Shit. Oh, Chris. I should have asked that before. Um, but I, I, I think this is a good thing. It's a two-way bobsled run, surely. I mean, if we want to keep an eye on the government, Nish, surely we have to accept that they might want to keep an eye on us. <laughs> Transparency. Yeah, that's that's right. what it's, it's all a about. Two-way banana. Also, I mean, if the government is currently spying on me in my house while I'm on my own, I would like to apologise to whoever <laughs> that spy was, because that spy has seen some truly reprehensible behaviour. <laughs> well, you should never have got that karaoke machine. No, I shouldn't. Yeah. I certainly should have shoved it up my ass. <laughs> Family show, Nick. <laughs> I know you're relatively new to this. Family show. How um, am I going to get this on mainstream television if you keep coming up with shit like that? I just, I just had a really good version of Islands in the Stream, I think. What do you want from me? I have to celebrate somehow. I'd suck both the parts as well. It's um, interesting, this, uh, this toxic talk that that's is... Right. Uh, Discussed. I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, we see this all over the place. Uh, on the, I mean, the internet is. I mean, it has been one of the great growth industries in the world since the start of the internet. Absolutely. Toxic talk. It's Toxic become, talk. It's become uh, not just widespread, but extremely lucrative. It would seem as well. I guess one of the positives of all this. Uh, you know, toxic talk machine, kind of, kind of, you know, what the out, the outright, and we'll we'll touch on that, this uh, anyway because there have been certain developments uh, <laughs> in the outright uh, of late. Um, overpopulation, clearly one of the major problems in terms of environments, migration, food supplies, water supplies, um, and if you know leaders like like Trump, Duterte, all those all those cats are basically going out of their way to make more and more people think. I do not want to bring children into this planet. But surely that has to be good long-term in terms of reducing the number of little carbon footprints pitter-pattering all over the world. Yeah, but I would I would say, even if we follow that logic, these guys have overcorrected. <laughs> because it's one thing to say, maybe we shouldn't have more children born, but it's another to say, maybe we should start executing some of the adults. <laughs> the best way to stop people procreating is to stop them from existing. Right. I mean, I'm having second thoughts myself. My little blighters are aged 10 and 8 now, and when I took my daughter back to the hospital she was born in, they said she was uh, out of warranty. We had to, <laughs> we had to, but it's, I mean, it's a bit of... I mean, news is acting as a, an extra... It'd be very interesting to see if birth rates do dip uh, in you know, the 2016-2017 era, because it must be a bit of a... Bit of a passion killer, darling. Shall we try to make a little baby? Sure, I'll just watch the news headlines, then we can pop up to bed and get down to business. <laughs> okay, love, I'll put the telly on. Oh. 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 I'm not, not really in the mood anymore, darling. Shall we just stare glumly into the middle distance, wondering what has happened to the concept of dignity? <laughs> yes, let's. Are you suggesting the news is now acting as a sort of anti-Viagra? Yes, I am. I am <laughs> suggesting that. The news um, is a boner killer. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not, I mean, that does mean that the, soon the Catholic Church are going to try and ban people from watching the news. <laughs> <laughs> it's against God's will. <laughs> the problem with this is that the uh, Amnesty International report is obviously rigorously researched and well argued, but will it make a blind bit of difference <laughs> to any of the people it's aimed at? And the answer to that question is, oh, f- no! <laughs> 
Amnesty International, to most of the political leaders in question and their supporters, will always and only ever be the bad guys from 24. <laughs> I don't even remember who remembers 24. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I watched every single series of that. Yeah, but in every series it's of my 24. My favourite documentary. <laughs> <laughs> what access? Absolutely amazing access. Yeah. But in every series of 24, Jack Bauer would always constantly be trying to sort of, you know, rip some guy's nuts off to find out where a bomb was hidden. We've and all done it. All t- <laughs> How do you think Andy got me to agree to do the bugle? <laughs> but they would then, um, you know, and then there'd be a call from Amnesty International. And the, the problem is that I think that that's how a lot of people on the extreme right of the political spectrum view them as sort of obstacles to progress. I mean, just reading Amnesty's comments about America... This is what they've written. An election campaign marked by discriminatory, misogynist and xenophobic rhetoric raised serious questions about the strength of future US commitments to human rights domestically and globally. Now, if you put that to Donald Trump, presumably he would say, great, (laughs) I've absolutely nailed this. (laughs) Yeah, and probably sad in capital letters at the end of a tweet. (laughs) Um, Another report on Trump suggests he's absolutely hammering it out of the park uh, with an average of four pieces of bullshit per day. Which, I mean, that does seem like a low estimate to me, but this is the report on the Washington Post's fact-checker page, or as it is known in the White House, Um, (laughs) Lenin.com. And, uh, I mean, that seems a low estimate, given that he said an average of more than four words per day. You'd think there'd be more than four pieces of bullshit. They've credited uh, POTUS45 with 163 misleadments, factual twisty twisticles and outright porkies in just 34 days. <laughs> 34 days. Um, another counter-report suggests that Trump has told 120% of the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So you just got to choose which of those you believe. It doesn't surprise me that it's four statements because it, regardless of the word count, uh, that Donald Trump is putting out on a day-to-day basis, he very often only gets around to four subjects due to his truly unique approach to speaking. Because <laughs> he sort of repeats words over and over again and sort of goes back on himself. It, when you look at it, he's often only talked about three subjects in right. a 40-minute press conference. It's like a political Stuart Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there has been some uh, better news for uh, opponents of hate speech, which I really did. I really wish that didn't now have to be classified as a minority group. <laughs> people who people who aren't actively uh, in favour of hate speech. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos uh, has uh, been the subject of controversy this week over some comments that were not found because the footage has been around for quite a while. So I guess we have to say comments that were heard. Yes, de-forgotten about. De-forgotten about, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Un-eternal sunshine, <laughs> essentially, uh, that he made uh, about seemingly uh, supportive of uh, paedophiles. And say what you will about Milo, but he loves an underdog. <laughs> he is a true contrarian. Um, but this uh, appears to have been uh, the straw that has broken the racist, sexist, and homophobic camel's back. <laughs> uh, because the uh, that is a remarkably, you know, remarkably tough camel. So. Sturdy camel, Andy. Yeah. Sturdy camel. 
but that has because that's now resulted in a conservative group. He was due to speak at the uh, the CPAC, uh, which is the Conservative Political Action Group. They dropped him after the remarks came to light, and Simon and Shuster have cancelled his uh, lucrative book deal, and he has now voluntarily stepped down uh, from his previous job uh, as Breitbart's tech correspondent. Um, Breitbart, of course, the website set up by uh, Donald Trump's advisor and looking unwell magazine's man of the year, Steve Bannon. <laughs> he looks so unwell. Yeah. Every time I see a picture of his face, I think, you know, dude, right. peel orange or something. You've got, to, you've got to stop eating your own soul for breakfast. <laughs> his face looks like scurvy. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> that was the B-side of Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to see the the the, the, the breadth of the, of the reach of um, the 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 young alt right. Um, recently, also won an award for least uh, diverse social group <laughs> in the universe. Um, after uh, even even knocking out Pope's the traditional winner, um, <laughs> and um, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, Yeah, know him well. Yeah, 102,000 Twitter followers. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson, uh, another young uh, man popular in outright circles, more than 500,000. And that is how you judge (laughs) people now, but purely by the number of their Twitter followers. (laughs) The Church of England's Twitter account, 67,000. Even the Archbishop, plus... The Church of England is, is uh, only a third of a, a man sitting in a flat in Battersea. It's a mind-bending technology, the internet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's beyond space age, but it has uncorked uh, an unending Krakatoa of sub-medieval behaviour from all sides of the political swamp and all crannies of the religious cave. It's, yeah. We basically... The way the internet works, and I've, I need to take a serious break from reading stuff. I think just at all. <laughs> Not just on the internet. I'm worried about Probably it. Probably you get books out now from the library, and yeah. because we live in the age of the below-the-line comment, you get some like, ancient manuscript out, and someone will have written, who's this f***ing <laughs> writer with f***ing <laughs> shit? Oh, f- no. <laughs> the f*** does Galileo know about f***ing planets, chicken f***ing prick? <laughs> Chris, they're really writing hard in the old swear log. <laughs> um, and also, on the, so newspapers report these things. So you get, you know, depending on which side of the political spectrum the newspaper sites are coming from, you'll see some headlines saying A destroys B, and then yeah. you'll see from the other side B destroys A, and they both link to exactly the same clip yeah. of two people talking over each other yeah. to no discernible purpose. <laughs> this is the world we live in. And it's, I'm worried about you, Andy, because I've realised that in doing the bugle, uh, with sort of a weekly frequency again, yeah. you are really staring into the abyss every. Because for us, the rest of the guest hosts, it's kind of like a misery relay. <laughs> but unfortunately, in the misery relay, you are the baton. Just <laughs> <laughs> ever put, can present. I put that on my poster for my next show. <laughs> a baton in the misery relay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely you can. Because you're really... And the thing is, there is so much of this misery around because the alt-right are everywhere. And um, it's a term that was uh, sort of semi-coined by a political philosopher called Paul Gottfried in 2008, but then was really seized upon by a dude called Richard Spencer, 
uh, who uh, is the head of a, na- the National Policy Institute, which is an extremely right-wing think tank uh, in America. Now, well, that sounds like quite a sensible thing to have, a National it, it, Policy ab- Institute, doesn't it? It absolutely does, but oh. it is also so does National Socialism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess so. It's part of well, the, labels are tricky, aren't they? <laughs> the grand lineage of things that sound fine that absolutely aren't. <laughs> but he, Richard Spencer, is a white supremacist, and... I feel very comfortable in saying that because on his Wikipedia page, he is described as a white supremacist and there is no citation needed next to it. <laughs> Bear in mind that for a time, my one said that I was a comedian and it had citation needed next to it. Boom! Blavo! <laughs> Take that, myself. <laughs> Of course, there are a number of new heroes of the alt-right bustling to jump into the void left by Milo, uh, at least for the time being. From uh, We'll give you a quick guide to them, because I guess most buglers probably aren't natural subscribers to the alt-right, although maybe in future generations, because Breitbart's got a kid's channel now. Uh, yeah, I, tell, I mean, it's the bugle looking for a new permanent home, Andy. <laughs> Sorry, right well, heart attack. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's, uh, let's just uh, we've got a little clip actually from um, the kids are alt right uh, on the um, the Breitbart uh, Breitbart channel. Hello, kids. This week, did Muslims kill the dinosaurs? How to shoot your way to good grains <laughs> and shouting at girls? How to make them cry every day? So, uh, really catching them young now. And uh, But anyway, the new heroes of the alt-right from Britain, uh, Finnegan Gringlebury, a <laughs> uh, 21-year-old graduate of Memory Services Coll- College of Lesser Education on the M4, west of London. Gringlebury is the author of the right-leaning blog The Two Truthful Truth, which exposes left-wing media bias in kids' TV, such as the episode of Postman Pat, which, if you play it backwards with the images flipped vertically, uh, he claims looks like footage of Joseph Stalin waving at a parade of Soviet tanks. And the three consecutive episodes of the uh, hit kids show in the night garden that did not mention Margaret Thatcher plus an entire day of programming on the Nickelodeon channel that managed to avoid showing a documentary proving that all climate is a hoax uh, he has uh, 8.9 million Twitter followers in America Jonathan Jarvell Jr former editor of the anti-sanity schlock vlog slight crazy talkers where he gained notoriety for his claim that if Barack Obama had been a turkey he'd have eaten Father Christmas uh, now works for the far right website come to Uncle Dick Dick writes articles such as uh, if immigrants are as great as the snowflakes say they are, how come Neil Armstrong was the first man on the moon? As well as videos entitled, The, the Mainstream Media Won't Let the KKK Do the Super Bowl Halftime Show Because Jimmy Carter is a Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm, not lo- if I'm not allowed to scream, you're a f***ing bitch and a baby in a shopping mall just because it might be female, then gay people shouldn't be allowed to buy cars. Um, and uh, also... Uh, Kay Lucian Flouch, big star of the Breitbart Kids uh, Kids Channel, uh, four-year-old outright shot kid, makes YouTube videos in his parents' bathroom in which he makes a little squeaky duck say "Ducky like bath time" because only ducky allowed in bath and not Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's a strange, it's a strange social phenomenon, and I guess you know within the multiple concentric bubbles I like to live in, yeah. uh, I find it quite hard to underst- understand this kind of. The popularity of this kind of basically bile brewing acupuncturists into the eyeballs of social cohesion. <laughs> That's the way I see it. <laughs> well, it's been brewing for a long time. 
because it's... And by acupuncturist, I don't mean that they're curing it. Yeah. <laughs> Do not put acupuncture needles into, into an eyeball. <laughs> it's really been brewing since 2008. Right. And that, when, it, when it all boils down to it, all of this kind of bile, particularly the stuff that started in America, can basically be rooted back to the fact that for a time, there was a group of Americans who suddenly discovered they did not like being told what to do by a black guy. That's the real <laughs> roots of it. And right, because the bugle did start in late 2007. That's so, right, uh, yeah, could yeah, be, yeah. Could be, uh, well, and the, the, could the ethos of it is it, it seems to be against sort of caving into political correctness, but it's all really a cover for just racism. And ultimately, the alt-right are just Nazis, but they've just got a different name. It's a bit like when... They don't like being called Nazis, though. They don't like being called Nazis. They get very upset. But it's exactly like when Opal Fruits changed their name to Starburst. <laughs> These are Starburst racists. And that's... Uh, now, for American buglers, uh, Opal Fruits uh, was a very popular sweet uh, in England that changed its name to Starburst. I don't know whether you had that in America. And also for American Buglers, uh, I am uh, Nish Kumar, a uh, comedian uh, in Britain. <laughs> I just, I, I've just realised I've done five bugles and I've, I imagine there's some Americans listening to this thinking, why has Andy bought his weird friend? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I've done 300 episodes on that. <laughs> um... No, you've done 4,018. <laughs> well, and not just that, you, Andy, and you, Chris, have caved into the PC lobby yep. since the rebrand of the Bugle. I've seen the other guest hosts. It's just a parade of women and darkies. <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. Dude, I you've... was going to change the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you have absolutely caved in to people who were critics of the Bugle from 2007 to 2016 for its incredibly undiverse makeup. You've caved into the hashtag Bugle So White campaign. <laughs> You've bowed to the PC lobby. Yeah, right. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I can't defend it. Nish, as I said, I'm having trouble maintaining my mental equilibrium because I read too much on the internet. You scroll on any news article uh, until you get to the comments, or if you click the wrong link, you end up basically web surfing in the equivalent of the moment that they open the Ark of the Covenant in Indiana Jones. <laughs> Was that a documentary? I can't. It was a drama, <laughs> doc, I think. No, um, it wasn't because the Nazis were the bad guys. <laughs> right, so, um, I think what we need to do is start counter-pretending that everything is okay. So we are now going to have an official bugle. Calm the f down section. Yes. Calm news today. A butterfly fluttered from a pretty flower this afternoon onto a picnic rug, impressing the enchanted picnickers before fluttering off again, pitching and lilting in the spring breeze, then disappearing from sight leaving behind only a transient sense of the fragility of the delicately wondrous beauty of life. Meanwhile, reports estimate that more than 25,000 people around the world unknowingly had a nice relaxing cup of tea at the same time yesterday afternoon. Drinking tea, the renowned infusion, is thought by many scientists to be considerably better at engendering a sense of calm and well-being than other activities such as taking heroin, cockfighting, clickbaiting and politics. And finally, a 25-year-old man from France was reported to be feeling soothed and spiritually equilibrious after listening to a CD compilation of great classical guitar music and then falling asleep on the sofa for a couple of hours. Ah, oui, le guitar. Yes, the guitar was nice. It made me feel nice. That was nice. It's really cool, cool, cool and nice. And finally, sport. Try bowls. 
That looks really quite hard to have a fight about. <laughs> uh, Azerbaijan news now, Andy. Um, and uh, this is uh, one of the most incredible stories I've ever come across. Right. Uh, the Azerbaijani president, Ilham Aliyev, has appointed his wife as vice president of Azerbaijan. <laughs> Now, two details make this even spicier as a story. Right. Uh, number one, there has never been a vice president <laughs> of Azerbaijan before, so he has created the position for her. And number two, it is also their wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> what a gift. What a gift, Andy. It is my girlfriend's birthday this weekend, and she is not going to be happy with book tokens. <laughs> I'm starting to think that uh, me giving my missus a copy of my own DVD <laughs> looks yeah. a, a little bit hollow. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine she's furious she hasn't been invited to be a guest host of this show. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've got my sister, so I mean, in terms <laughs> of nepotism, I don't have too many legs to stand on. <laughs> but your sister's got impeccable credentials as a podcaster, Andy. Are you saying Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Aliyev does not have impeccable <laughs> credentials as a I'm just vice saying, president? when it comes to nepotism, you are way out of your depth, Salzburg, <laughs> because uh, in 2013, the Organised Crime and Corruption Reporting Project named Ilham Aliyev Corruption's Person of the Year. <laughs> huge, wow. huge accolade. That is a hotly contested title as well. Yeah, and there's a lot of money changing hands over it. <laughs> <laughs> Very lively betting syndicate. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine there's a couple of people who were in line to win but mysteriously took a dive. Yeah, some Indian politicians who bizarrely committed no corruption in the year <laughs> and then ended up in a very fancy looking Jaguar yeah it's it's absolutely extraordinary it's also a part of his uh, wider attempt to essentially turn the position into a monarchy um, because he's also ditched uh, term limits after a 2009 referendum and uh, ditched the age requirement uh, for being uh, the president uh, which is they believe is paving the way for his 19 year old son to run once he's had enough <laughs> It's really, it's just really good at a time where we're seeing, you know, so much open and aggressive corruption and corruption that's fueled by so much. Just some people are still kicking it old school <laughs> and just relaxing and easing in and appointing their family members. Uh, unfortunately, we in the West have sort of got no legs to stand on uh, because uh, a journalist who uh, is from Azerbaijan uh, has said uh, a pro-government lawyer from the country said that if Donald Trump is able to appoint his son-in-law as advisor, why can't Ali ever appoint his wife as vice president? At which point the journalist in question has just gone, <laughs> That's Khadija Ismailova. Khadija Ismailova, who has uh, expressed her frustration. We've lost, our, we've lost the moral high ground, Andy. There was a time where we could have found that sort of corruption funny. Yeah. Oh. Bring those days back. <laughs> Bugle feature section now. Fashion. It's been London Fashion Week this week. Uh, Nish, I know you've been. Uh, yeah, you been don't need to tell me about big this. Events. I saw you there on at least three of the. Uh, how, how many fashion days in a fashion week, Chris? <laughs> four. Four. Eight. Four. Four, four days. Man, you can carry off a diaphanous chiffon unisex blouse way better than I thought you could. Um, I was too busy dealing with some disappointed people who had turned up uh, having misread a sign thinking it was London fascism week. <laughs> they were not impressed to see me, or indeed you there, Andy. Sensational week. Some of the big 
trends. Uh, the designer Anya Hindmarch uh, went in for that. This is, that's an actual yeah. designer here. <laughs> and I know I'm a slight boy who cried wolf issue here going, socks and slippers seem to be in from her. Um, basically nursing nursing home chic. <laughs> <laughs> Or there's something to do with Brexit, I think, reflecting where the balance of voting power now lies. <laughs> if you can't beat them, dress like them. Um, also, an amazing show, I don't know if you saw this one, uh, guys, uh, by Greginson's Practical Industrial and Workplace Safety Wear. Hive's tabards, very much in. I mean, they are the clothing of the... Uh, Clothing of choice of the era, merging the age of practicality and the age of vanity. You want and need to be seen. Um, out... <laughs> Uh, in London Fashion Week coats, shirts, trousers, skirts, dresses and jackets all symptomatic of the metropolitan elite they've got to go Metal Greaves are in that was the big news Uh, it's a combative age and you have to have lower leg protection you never know when someone might want to whack you in the shins with a mace these days for thinking about a fact they disagree with Uh, Togas still out that's Brexit Romans bit European Um, polar bear skin bikinis are in Democracy has voted for global warming and fashion uh, is reflecting uh, reflecting that. Might as well get on board. The hip facial expressions on the catwalk this year. Now, this is always one of the fascinations of London Fashion Week. Just a Huge. glorious range of facial expressions you see from the models. And in this week, uh, f***ing grumpy uh, for the <laughs> 36th year in a row. The full strop was quite widely seen. Borderline hostage. Uh, that was... Uh, that was uh, that was quite a strong strong showing. Harrowing remembrance of a deep personal trauma. Just watch the news. Look, that was very much in evidence. Uh, vegan doing work experience in an abattoir. <laughs> Seen uh, many of the catwalk shows. Uh, and three quarters of the way through an eighteen-hour shift as a manual sewage sifter at a wastewater treatment plant. There were sort of a lot of models uh, rocking that look as well. But the one I most enjoyed was that distinctive look just given out by an umpire in a dubious decision at a crucial stage of the fourth innings of a test match look. That's, which is basically a combination of all the above. Yeah. Shame that my favourite look uh, missed out. Uh, desperately suppressing a fart on a crowded train. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good that was one. the title of a Rembrandt self-portrait, I think. <laughs> um the star designers this week, uh, Brazilian uh, Brazilian designer Cucurinho, um <laughs> went in with convict chic, ball and chain, a tw- uh, 12,000 carats obsidescent onyx ball plus a chain made of interlocked faux stuffed eels. Uh, David Cameron, former Prime Minister, dashing collection of hedgehog pelt socks themed around the feeling of uh, eternal guilt-ridden regret. Uh, <laughs> reportedly the itchiest socks ever. Uh, to help you uh, truly experience the restless feeling that you've been the agent of something uh, terrible and uh, uncurable. Uh, the Trump uh, Trump effect seen in the designs of Mombasa Tipel Vimkovic uh, with the new stove trousers, a cross between a stovepipe hat and a pair of trousers, <laughs> inspired by Trump predecessor and theatre sceptic uh, Abraham Lincoln. So uh, it's uh, been a big week. And uh, in fact, in partnership with London Fashion Week, we have a free giveaway this week uh, audio fashion accessory you can express yourself or someone else's self uh, with fashionableness uh, just need a bluetooth speaker tied to your top and you can play the following fashionable phrases on a loop to show that you're right up with the uh, latest trends in fashion who am I and what do I mean by this put me only in the category of the uncategorizable look at me and wonder how the f*** this happened <laughs> So there you go, that's, uh, that's the end of the fashion section. We have to uh, get out of this studio. 
because we've slightly overrun. And we've talked about fashion. And we've talked about fa- fashion. Fa- the fashion and fascism show. Of all... Of all, of all. <laughs> The fashionism. Oh. Of all, like in five bugles, we, you and I, have talked about a lot of subjects we're not qualified to talk about. Yeah, that's what and this show's all about. Nish. Somehow, London Fashion Week feels like the thing we are least, largely because you and I look like we've both been interrupted on our way to an Art Garfunkel tribute <laughs> show. <laughs> yes. Um, to be honest, there's only one subject in the world that I am qualified to talk about, and that is uh, arcane cricket statistics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it would have lasted 300 episodes with that. You won uh, up on me. Uh, so uh, we have to leave it there because we are about to be thrown out. Um, we'll have some of your emails next week. Uh, do come and see my tour show. I just had to rearrange my Nottingham show uh, from today as we record due to Storm Doris. Better names, please. Um, uh, it's now going to be on Thursday, the 9th of March instead. Uh, also, coming up, if you get this in time, uh, Friday the 24th, Wolverhampton, uh, Saturday the 25th, Southampton, and 28th uh, in Canterbury. Yes, then the 9th of March in Nottingham. Then Melbourne at the end of March through April. Oh, great. I'm then, very jealous. Yes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah, for the audience at least. <laughs> Whether I enjoy it or not, is oh, it's kind of hard at the moment. I just end up most of my shows thinking, oh, what happened to my planet? <laughs> Never mind. As long as you have a laugh about it, that's all that counts. It's another planet. That's right. Well, yeah, they've just discovered seven new seven. planets. Oh, great. It's fine. We are off the f***ing hook, people. Yeah, let's see if we can find one of those to f*** <laughs> up beyond recognition. Uh, speaking of things being fucked up beyond recognition, I, I am reprising my tour show uh, at the Soho Theatre Thursday to Saturday in March. All three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, through the whole of March. Tickets very available <laughs> due to the fact that I forgot the run was on and I've not promoted it. <laughs> Please come and bring up to 100 friends per night. <laughs> Goodbye, Buglers. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.